Good afternoon, podcast listeners. This is Rob Pluth. Welcome back to Mid-Michigan Bowling News, the podcast for bowlers in the greater Flint area and the state of Michigan. All right, podcast listeners, welcome back. It is Friday, April 20th, and uh, I'm going to say that one of the uh, subjects of this podcast is going to be the mental game. It is uh, one of my favorite topics and uh, kind of looking forward to this one. Actually laid this one out, went through some info, and uh, going to cover a few things about the mental game in this, in this podcast. So I'm going to pick this up back in 1988-89. That's the year that uh, I was bowling in the men's leagues, and uh, my good friends Bob Tubbs and Sean Spishak had moved up to the men's league. Um, Bob had, Bob and I had talked about this, and he uh, filled me in on some of this because I could not remember the name of the team that I bowled on on Friday nights, or who our sponsor was. And our sponsor was actually Buick City Tax Service. And um, the the first year that Sean and Bob moved to the men's league, Sean joined my team, and Bob was actually the sixth man. I'm assuming because he had some work requirements, so he didn't want to commit every week, but. Um, Long story short, we bowled on Friday night on the City League with Jim Menzing, Eddie Lee, and um, Don Benedict. That was our team on Friday nights. And then uh, at that time, Jim Menzing had talked myself and Sean and Tubby into bowling on Monday nights out at Fenton Lanes in the Fenton Lanes Men's Classic League. Um, So we joined that league uh, with... Our teammates uh, were Joe Kishpaw and um, myself, Tubbs, Spishak, and Jim Menzing. And then uh, we also had George Dolan, who was our sixth man. And uh, Joe's dad used to fill in once in a while for us out there. But uh, the significance of that is that when we started bowling on Monday nights, that's when things really started to click for myself, Tubbs, and Spishak. And uh, we did really well out there at the uh, on the Fenton Lanes Men's Classic League. In fact, I think we we won that league uh, the first year that we bowled in that. Um, but um, this is where the story takes a little twist because the following season, the 1989-90 season, that's when Tubbs actually joined our lineup on Friday nights with the Buick City Tech Service team. Uh, because um, Don Benedict had left the team. So our lineup on Friday nights was uh, myself, Tubbs, Fishak, Jim Menzing, and Eddie Lee. And um, we had some fun on Friday nights that year. But um, we also bowled on the Monday night Fenton Classic League again in the 89-90 season. And that was the year that uh, I remember this like it was yesterday it was probably mid-november we were bowling on a monday night and uh i walked into the pro shop at fenton lanes and the uh, guy that ran the pro shop at that time was bob smith and if anybody remembers the old old days of bowling in uh, flint i call him the old days of bowling um bob smith was married to margaret smith used to be margaret lusane to me, that was Leon Lusane's mom and stepdad. And uh, they, they hung around uh, the bowling alley a lot when we were bowling in the Travel League when I was growing up because Leon bowled in the Travel League with us. 
And uh, let me tell you, they had a team in the Travel League. It was Tony Redmond, Edwin Goosby, uh, Darius Jackson, and Leon Lusane. And Leon, um, he, uh, the thing I will remember about Leon, all of those guys, great guys, by the way, but Leon used to throw the ball about, I'm not lying, about 25 miles an hour and turned the crap out of it. Um, but back then, in the 80s, when we were bowling, the lanes were uh, so oily and they didn't have balls that hook like they do nowadays. Um, I think he had a hard time getting the ball to turn up to the pocket because he threw it so hard. And uh, his scores were not as good as they could have been had he uh, had the equipment that they have nowadays. But that's a whole other story. But um, I got off on a tangent there because uh, I started talking about some of the guys that bowled in the travel league with us. But the story is I walked into the pro shop and I looked in the uh, case and they had a book sitting in the case and it was called The Mental Game. And I remember asking Bob, what is that book? And he said, oh, that's a great book. You should buy it. You should you should read it. It'll help your game out. I said, what's this, what's this mental game? What's it all about? He said, just buy it, read it. Trust me, it'll help you out. I said, all right. So I bought the book. I brought it home. I started reading it. And uh, most of the people nowadays that know me that have gone to, through the bowling camp or kids that have bowled for me in high school know everything there is to know about this book. But um, this is where it actually started. I started reading this book, and, and I'm not going to... I'm not going to lie to you. This book is, um, I'll say, laid out elementary. It's a uh, very big print, very big space, lots of stick figures in the book. But the more I read the book, the more things started to click with me as far as putting together what Jim had taught me, some stuff that Char had taught me, some, and a lot of the things that Don Hargraves had taught me it was starting to click with me with this book. And um, I don't know how to describe it, but I couldn't put the book down. And I read it, and I read it, and I read it. And uh, it's 180 pages. I think I read the whole thing uh, within a couple of days. And on December 10th of 1990, literally only a few weeks after reading this book, I bowled my very first 300 game. I didn't put the book and the 300 game together. It didn't click with me back then. All I knew was I wanted to bowl a 300 at some point in my life, and I finally did it, and it was an accomplishment that I will never forget. Um, but long story short, I threw that book in the drawer and forgot about it. And... Uh, that was 1990. I was I was bowling a lot. Um, I was bowling on Monday nights, Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, Friday nights, Saturday nights. I was bowling as much as I could bowl, and I just didn't didn't think about reading the book anymore. Well, um, as time passed, um, my wife and I uh, back then we were dating. We we got engaged. Um, we ended up getting married in 1992. We got married, and when we moved into our house, right after we got married, going through the drawers, I, I come across this book. 
and uh, my wife said what you know what's the what's this and I said oh this is a this is a great book I read that book and uh, it seems like like right after I read that book I shot a I shot a 300 game and uh, she's like huh okay well here take care of it so threw it back in the drawer and one day going through the drawer I, I pulled it out and I thought you know what I should I should scan that book and maybe read it again it's been a few years since I read it so I did I read the book again and uh, sure enough within a couple of weeks I went out and bowled another 300 game and uh, then it clicked like what's going on with this book There must be something special about this book that when I read this book I, I seem to bowl better I'm uh, I'm a little more into the game I'll say uh, more relaxed mentally I'm more into the game at that point I started to realize that um, bowling was not as much um, how hard you work how hard you practice but how good of a mental game do you have are you able to uh, block things out and perform at your highest when in competition and this book helped me do that um, but as time went on I threw it back in the drawer and didn't read it for several more years and uh, pulled it back out read it again and bowled another 300 game um, I don't know why but I continued to throw it back in the drawer and I, it seems like I should have uh, maybe written my own book after after uh, doing this several times but um, by this time um, I had kids I was uh, actually going to college uh, part-time I was working full-time and I just didn't have a lot of time to to work on my game as much as I wanted to because I was focusing on other things so my bowling game kind of took a, a back seat and I didn't push it as much as I should have I uh, stopped bowling on some leagues and I got down to where I was only bowling once or twice a week because I was going to school and I was working full-time and I had and we had kids so um, I sacrificed my game for my family and uh, I do not regret that at all but um, here's where it took another twist with the book I, uh, I remember um, my wife and I talking about this book and she said where's that book I want to read that and uh, I pulled it out of the drawer and she read that book and this is a true story immediately after reading the book she went out and shot 827 on our mixed doubles league and set the city record at this point I started trumpeting the book to everyone like that was in uh, 2000 when my wife did that um, at this point I started telling everyone that there's something about this book I don't know what it is but when you read this thing it it's magic it starts working and um, I started telling other people and other people started reading it and other people started bowling well and as I uh, progressed into coaching in 2004-2005 I said I'm I'm gonna incorporate this this book into my coaching and uh, I think almost every girl that has ever bowled for me at Kersley will tell you I have pushed this book it is the title of the book is the mental game the inner game of bowling 
It's written by George Allen. It's 180 pages. It can be a little boring uh, because it's stick figure pictures. It's big print. It looks like it was written for a kid. Um, it was copyrighted in 1983. And I will tell you this, there are 18 chapters to it. Uh, the mental game, conscious and subconscious minds, developing some subconscious competence, sensitivity and self-awareness, letting it happen naturally, the luck factor, how do you deal with luck in bowling, stress, tension, anxiety, handling pressure, relaxation, concentration, psyching yourself up and down, how do you figure out how to do that? Um, I do remember reading this chapter and back in the 1990s, early 90s, I used to be the type of bowler that had to be psyched up to bowl good. I remember sitting out in the parking lot and blasting Guns N' Roses in the car and getting all pumped up and going in and bowling. And after I started tracking my scores, I started finding out that my first game average was a good 20 pins higher than my last game average because I was getting so pumped up, I was ready to bowl. And I bowled well the first game, but then I tailed off. And that actually changed as I got older. I had to learn how to psych myself down and learn to be more relaxed to bowl. The more relaxed I, I was, the better I bowled. Um, so that, that is something that can change with time. Uh, there's a chapter in here, Psyching Your Opponent Out. I hate to admit this, but after reading this, I was telling friends of mine that I bowled with about this and we were trying to figure out how to psych out your opponent. Um, there are some things in this book that tell you, you know, like if you ask your opponent, like, what do you do with your, if you're a right-handed bowler, what do you do with your left hand when you're releasing the ball? It makes them think about something other than what they're supposed to be doing and it screws them up. And uh, we used to do this to some people um, because I, <laughs> I was actually trying to figure out, does this really work? And uh, it does. Um, mental and physical slumps. How do you deal with a slump? Mental faults, attitudes, knowledge, your wonderful imagination. Thinking about uh, good things happening to you is your wonderful imagination. The fear of success and a winner's mental game. Um, as far as I'm concerned, this is on my number one thing for you to do if you're going to be a serious bowler at some point. The back uh, cover of this book shows the percent physical game and the percent mental game for bowling and as you as you increase your average the percent mental goes way up. If you're a low average bowler it's more a physical game but as you learn to bowl the more you bowl the higher your average is, the more mental this game is. And uh, it took me a little while to figure that out, um, but I, I think that I did learn it, and I learned a lot of it from this book. And not only this book, there are some other ones out there. Um, if you continue to listen to these podcasts, I will cover some of that when I get into, um, when I started coaching high school bowling. There are some other great books out there that you can read, but as far as I'm concerned, the Mental Game is the number one book that if you plan on being a serious bowler, this is something that you need to get and you need to read. Um, I will tell you this, I started uh, doing a bowling camp for the high school team 
um, about seven or eight years ago and I started promoting this book and at that time I was buying some of these books on on uh, Amazon and I could get them for uh, 15 20 dollars for a book and after this camp I would go online and look and these books were 70 or 80 dollars I could not believe how much these books are and um, come to find out I don't know if it's a supply and demand problem but after the camp there were a lot of parents that were going online trying to buy this book and the price of the book was going up because there was a big demand for it I don't know if it was because of our camp but um, I will say this if you spend more than twenty dollars for this book you're spending too much it's you should be able to uh, if you hold out wait watch them on Amazon you can get them for twenty dollars or less um, I have two or three copies myself right now I have loaned out several copies that some of my former bowlers in high school still have and uh, and I'm okay with that because if they're gonna use it it's it's great it's one of the best books that you'll ever read um, that's my promotion for George Allen's book the mental game but um, as far as I'm concerned it was life-changing for me I had no idea that November time frame back when I was bowling on Monday nights at Fenton Lanes that I was going to walk into a pro shop and buy a book that was going to change my life but um, this is one of them definitely uh, it definitely helped me out not only in bowling but in life and uh, it's a great book can't say enough about it but um, that's my my spiel for the mental game um, I will touch some more on that when we get into more podcasts um, we'll talk more about other books and some techniques that I have used teaching my teams part of the mental game some of our practice techniques some of the things that we go through so um, if you're interested in listening to how I coached my team how we became successful um, that's coming I'm gonna do plenty more podcasts I'm actually having a good time with this so I'm gonna keep doing it I would like to uh, expand it and continue to cover bowling in the greater Flint area for youth and for adults and Tubby's given me a few ideas you know he said uh, it'd be great if you did like a maybe a once a week podcast during the bowling season and you did a like a roll call of who bowled the award scores each week or who had their highest game ever um, I think that stuff is great um, and I have no problem doing something like that and hopefully this will take off and, and people can look forward to listening to that every week because uh, I know back in the day we had Phil Pearson who used to write articles for the Flint Journal and if you were a bowler you couldn't wait for Sunday mornings to get up and open the morning paper to see what the article was and who bowled well last week there is nothing like that nowadays for for anyone for kids for adults and um, the classic leagues are are definitely nothing like they used to be anymore um, I know that there are some people that have tried to bring some of that magic back but it's just not out there the way it used to be um, and if anybody follows me on Facebook uh, you'll notice I've posted some uh, some old articles that I found and um, we're having some fun with that some of the guys that I used to bowl with on Friday nights um, have been commenting a lot on that so uh, that that all started back uh, 89 90 season was 
the last season that uh, Sean Spishak was on our team on our Friday night, um, that Buick City Tech Service team. And when Sean stopped bowling with us, uh, we picked up Kenny Chapel. So the 1990-91 season, it was myself, Kenny Chapel, Bob Tubbs, Eddie Lee, and uh, Jim Menzing. In uh, the 1990-91 season, Jim Menzing decided to step back and we picked up John Roof. So um, it was myself, Bob Tubbs, Ken Chappell, John Roof, and Eddie Lee for one season. And then uh, when Eddie decided to step back off of the, the team, we, we ended up uh, being sponsored by Gem Heating and Cooling. That was uh, Jerry McClellan. I believe Kenny was actually, Kenny Chappell was actually working for Jerry at that time. And he sponsored us on the uh, Friday night uh, Flint City League. And when Eddie, Eddie Lee stopped bowling for us, um, we actually picked up uh, Greg Niederquill, who bowled on our team for, I believe it was two seasons, back in 91-92 season and 92-93 season. Greg Niederquill was the first guy that bowled with us. And then we had uh, Eddie Grace bowled for us for one season think that was actually the 91-92 season Eddie Grace bowled and then the 92-93 season we picked up Nick Reeser. Nick Reeser was from uh, the Lansing area friends with Kenny and then uh, became great friends with all of us and um, the 92-93 season was when we became A-Frame Awards and uh, we were sponsored by A-Frame every year after that that we bowled on the Flint City League and we had some great times, some great teams, and some great battles in those uh, on those Friday night Flint City League um, competitions. Uh, the one that uh, I will never ever forget was um, at the time, I believe we finished the season, it was probably in fourth place, might have been third place on the Flint City League. And at the time, back in 94, 95 time frame, I think it was, um, they had a roll-off for the league championship. So you had to finish in the top five. And if you did, then the last week of the season, they actually had a step ladder finals. So the fifth-place team bowled the fourth-place team, the winner of that bowled the third-place team, and, and so on. And um, I think we... I think we were in fourth and I and I'm sure we won our first match and then we had to bowl against uh, bees bees bowling and the bees team was um, Sean Spishek and Jim Tuber um, Barry Moen was on that team Tracy LaRose um, slips my mind who the fifth fifth guy was but um, anyways one of the best team matches I've ever been a part of and we came up short we were on the short end of that match by uh, I think it was 10 or 15 pins we lost that match by and uh, and I remember the intensity of that match the screaming and yelling hooting and hollering and uh, every single shot mattered in that match 
and it came right down to the tenth frame in the last few bowlers, and um, bees pulled it out and beat us in one of the classic matches of the Flint City League. And I think if you ask those guys on on the bees team, they'll tell you the same thing. That was one of the best matches ever, um, and that was against uh, our old teammate Sean Spishak. He uh, came back to haunt us, but um, even though we were on the short end. Nothing to hang our heads about. It was a it was a classic match. I want to say it was, it was like eleven eighty something to twelve hundred, the the team score, and that was actual, and uh, it was it was fun, no doubt about it. But uh, we we definitely had some good times on the Friday Night City League. Um, it was a great league. Missed those days at the old Nightingale Lanes, Landmark Lanes. Um, but I'll cover some more of that in uh, some future podcast um i think i'm done for today thanks for listening um look forward to continuing to do these and as i get through uh the 1990s into the 2000 time frame then we'll start talking about um, some more of my coaching and how i got into the coaching um which actually started coaching softball not not bowling but um i'll, I'll touch on that uh, coming up here in the next next uh, few podcasts. So, again, thanks for listening today. Hope you enjoy, and uh, we'll talk to you in a few days. Bye.